As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hi and welcome back to the show. Justin Briley still sitting in for Ruth Jackson on our current season of the C.S. Lewis Podcast featuring renowned theologian and author Alistair McGrath. He of course uh, is author of uh, several books on C.S. Lewis including that defining biography C.S. Lewis a life currently journeying through seven of lewis's significant christian works and today reflections on the psalms published in 1958 lewis's only book that really directly comments on the bible will be finding out why lewis chose to write about the psalms specifically what lessons we can draw from it today um thank you so much to the listener who left us a review saying i love hearing so much of the background around lewis's life it helps frame his thoughts and his actions at the time he was writing i can never wait for the next episode bless you thanks for discovering it help others to discover it by rating and review us by the way uh, others can uh, enjoy the show if you leave a rating and a review um, as i've mentioned uh, on the last few episodes of the show really excited about our new home for the c.s lewis podcast premierunbelievable.com where you can also discover loads of other great shows videos training resources articles and more um, premierunbelievable.com is the place to go uh, you'll also find links there of course to our conference unbelievable the conference 2022 live from the british library on saturday the 14th of may but we've got people booking in from all over the world to take part live you can do that online it's really easy uh, to be with us uh, on the 14th of may and uh, there's loads of time for your questions as well so you can ask alistair questions you can ask questions of so many of other speakers as well who are going to be there lisa fields glenn scrivener sharon dirks joseph d'souza calvin robinson jeff fines john wyatt phil vicious guy jatani really diverse and eclectic lineup for you as we do some panel discussions on finding our voice again in a confused and divided culture how we speak life into our spheres of influence art science education global justice and the practical question of how we tell people about our faith as well in today's culture loads of great stuff including that big conversation live event as well uh, the same evening sharon dirks and dr ian mcgillchrist on the mind and its master oh i'm excited unbelievable.live is the place to go for that the link is with today's show and of course uh, you can find links to the website i mentioned as well and the ways to sign up and get involved for now into today's conversation Well, today on the show, we're, we're talking about one of Lewis's books that, again, might not be as well known as some of his more famous apologetic works, novels and so on, but is perhaps uh, rather unique because it's uh, among the rare instances in which he engages directly with scripture in, in a book. It's 
Reflections on the Psalms. Um, tell us, Alistair, when, when was this book written and why specifically did Lewis feel called to write this particular book? Well, the book was published in 1958. And it's very, very interesting because when Lewis moved to Cambridge, um, he was appointed in 1954 to a professorship uh, of English at Cambridge University. It's almost as if he changed his understanding of his role as a Christian writer. Because while he was at Oxford, he, he wrote the books of apologetics, which were very much about, in effect, um, defending Christianity against his critics or encouraging Christians to um, think about things in a certain way that would help them in terms of defending their faith to their non-religious friends and colleagues. But when he went to Cambridge, Lewis seems to have changed his approach. And there's a line he wrote around then, which I think is very interesting. He wrote, a man can't always be defending the truth. There must be a time to feed on it. In other words, it's almost as if Lewis decided to stop actively defending Christianity, instead exploring it and kind of way taking delight in what it offered. And so we find books like um, this one, Reflections on the Psalms, or indeed The Four Loves, where basically what Lewis is doing is, as a Christian, reflecting on aspects of the faith to help and encourage other Christian readers. His audience is not non-Christians, it's actually fellow Christian believers, and he wants to try and help them by thinking through some questions. And so, uh, if you like, Reflections on the Psalms is very much about, um, in effect, engaging questions that Lewis encountered in his own experience about the Bible, particularly the Psalms, in the expectation that other Christians would rather benefit from his thoughts. What What would Lewis's sort of interactions with the bible have been up to this point i mean obviously he lived in an age when you know there was just generally more uh, even in, in non-christian circles uh, appreciation for probably understanding of hearing of the bible um uh, obviously as, as someone you know steeped in english literature he would have been fully aware of how, how you know the great debt that uh, western literature owed to the bible and the, to translations of it you know um through Wycliffe and others um what 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 would you say was though as a christian you know by the point he was a christian was he regularly reading the bible would you say would that have been part of his sort of normal rhythm um would he have more been used to hearing it in church what what would have been his engagement with with the bible his engagement with the bible uh, as far as i can see by looking at his letters was primarily through um going to college chapel every weekday um, and of course, at modern college in Oxford, um, this would have taken the, the form of a sung evensong at which an Old Testament lesson would have been read, psalms would have been sung and a New Testament lesson would have been read. And of course, the same pattern would have been uh, the, same, the case on Sunday in his local parish church. Lewis clearly really liked the authorised version and indeed wrote about that quite uh, significantly. And indeed, many of the quotations you will find from Scripture in Lewis's writings are taken from the authorised version. So Lewis does see the Bible as a very important literary work as well, of course, as a theological work as well. So basically, he does read it. But what is interesting is he does not read it as a scholar. He reads it um, as um, someone who wants it to illuminate things. So if you think of Lewis's very famous meditation in a tool shed, where he distinguishes between looking at something and looking along something, Lewis doesn't actually look at the Bible all that much. He more looks along it, or he looks at people who have looked along it and asks, what is this 
telling me about myself, the way the world is. So Lewis, I think, is using the Bible, but not perhaps in the way you might expect. And Lewis doesn't really offer us the kind of detailed engagement of the Bible you might expect. And that's why uh, reflection on the Psalms is so interesting, because he then, um, in effect, says, let's look at the Psalter. Why the Psalter? Well, I think because, of course, um, every time he went to College Chapel, every time he went to Holy Trinity, Trinity Quarry in Oxford, um, the Psalms would have been part of the biblical readings for the day. And therefore, Lewis knew this very well and probably registered some concerns and registered some pleasures um, as he heard them regularly recited throughout the year. So so when he decides to, to specifically take the Psalms as the subject matter that he will address when it comes to biblical, what what's what's the reason for that? Why this particular book? I mean, he could have, I suppose, chosen to write a reflection on the Gospel of John or, or some other great part of you know the new testament or the bible but but why why this specific sort of set of of uh, of literature my feeling is it's because it raises certain general concerns in quite a focused way for example um the second chapter is is about judgment in the psalms the third chapter is about cursings in the psalms and lewis is here saying look i'm a little bit uneasy about these um they don't seem to to fit with some of my conceptions of god um, and um, Lewis is really trying to say, look, I, I don't think I'm on my own here. Let me see if I can try and make some kind of sense of this. So if you like, he is reading for someone who, like him, is an attentive reader of the Bible, but who encounters things, picking the Psalms, which which cause him to to be puzzled, to be anxious. And he wants to try and work out what sort of answers that we might give. And indeed, one of the concerns that Lewis deals with that rises specifically out of the Psalter is the frequent reference to praising God. I mean, the Psalms often either talk about praising God or say we ought to be praising God. And Lewis is saying, well, I'm I'm not quite so sure um, why this demand for praise. I mean, I find that a little bit uneasy. And so what Lewis is really trying to bring out here is that it seems to him praise is a natural, spontaneous reaction to God. And therefore being told to do it kind of defeats the object because if it's real praise, it emerges naturally. And Lewis actually, um, in thinking about that, draws on his experience as a writer because um, uh, in effect, uh, praise of a writer is a an expression of delight at a writer and once you express that delight it actually if i can put um uh, brings it to completion because you've actually put into words what it is about a book or an article that you find so exciting and so lewis is is making the point that praise is not simply something that naturally emerges in response to god but which actually um is helpful to you as you express praise because it, it it solidifies your appreciation of the beauty and wonder of the god who you're praising but lewis finds it awkward to be told to praise god because this in effect is simply something he believes ought to be happening naturally yes yes it's 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 a bit like telling someone appreciate the beauty of this and you're sort of well i i can't I have to experience it, don't I, to to appreciate its beauty? I can't just be told to appreciate its beauty. I can I can understand where where his sort of the the disjunct came there. I mean, how did he resolve though this issue, which I think a lot of people bump into when they read the Psalms, is the fact there are quite a few Psalms in there that we sometimes call the 
imprecatory psalms you know where there's a lots of you know judging and and you know wishing of you know children to be dashed against rocks is and and i've heard you know some scholars and authors talk about the fact that these are you know this is very human side of the psalms you know we get both the the good and the bad the joy and the sorrow and the everything else thrown in there um in the psalms what what was the way lewis resolved that sort of tension that exists in the psalms when when it comes to those sorts of of issues i'm not sure he entirely does resolve this i think that he's he is glad that the um, psalmists are being so honest um, but it, it, it kind of way still leaves you unsettled and, and unsure about quite how to deal with this. I think what Lewis is really getting at, I think, at one or two points is, is, is feeling that the fact that we feel this is wrong is actually quite significant in ourselves because we have a, a different way of thinking about things, which, of course, arises from Christ in the New Testament which makes us think this doesn't seem to fit in very well with that. And, of course, that is a very important feature of Christian exegesis of the Old Testament, that you read the Old Testament from a New Testament perspective. In other words, you know, Christ is the fulfillment of the law and prophets, and therefore we look to Christ to see how these things ought to be lived out. So we don't find quite the demand for retribution that Lewis sees in some of the Psalms. So Lewis, I think, is really saying that um, part of our unease arises from the fact that we we know how these are fulfilled in Christ, and therefore, looking back, we can see they don't quite fit in their original forms. And therefore, that that Mm. allows us to make some sort of sense of this because we are looking at something which, in effect, shows us what this ought to be like as we see it in Christ. And the tension between Christ and some of the imprecatory Psalms is, is quite conspicuous, I think. Which perhaps, you know, and Lewis, as, as you said, would have often heard these Psalms in the context of other readings, obviously from the New Testament and so on, which, and that the whole point of, of, of that sort of, you know, regular rhythm of Psalms and readings is, is to let those texts speak to each other. And, and so read, reading any book in the Bible, purely by itself won't give you the full picture will it and i suppose lewis lewis is trying to help perhaps the readers understand the way that this fits into the wider picture i think that's right and i think that lewis is is in effect um looking at various strategies for minimizing this um sense of discontinuity uh one of the um ideas he, he explores is what he calls second meanings which is actually that there's a surface meaning of a text there's a deeper meaning and actually very often we can only grasp the deeper meaning from the perspective of the gospels So he's able to do that quite effectively by saying we need to look beneath the surface of the Psalms. And actually, that that is a perfectly respectable way of approaching this question. But Lewis, I think, is alert to the the problem, which is very often um, we impose um, a way of reading the Psalms, which makes perfect sense to us. It just reflects who we are. There's a passage, I think, which says... um, when we think we're looking into the depths of scripture, we may sometimes just be seeing the reflection of our own silly faces. And the point he's making is that that's kind of way reading back into the biblical text what we would like it to say. And Lewis is saying we mustn't do that. But nevertheless, he does give us, I think, a framework for beginning to make sense of those sections of the Psalms he does find um, quite difficult. And of course, that can be extended to other parts of the Old Testament as well. So, so he does this work, obviously, of helping the reader to to sort of 
you know marry the those those harder parts of the psalms with with their the wider understanding of god and jesus but but how does he ultimately see the the psalms as enriching you know a christian's faith and devotional life why does lewis want to send people back to the psalms as confusing as they can be in parts but but also as inspirational as they can be as well well i think the importance of praise i think really is very important now, i mentioned lewis was saying you know being told to praise god i mean I, I just do this i don't need to be told but i think lewis nevertheless does see the, the theme of praise as being very very significant um and it's if you put it like this lewis is seeing praise as part of the overall process of growing in faith and being able to express verbally what the faith is all about and uh, a quote that i i take i think is very very good about this is um um, we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment and that's quite a good thing praise doesn't just express it completes mm. our enjoyment and what i think lewis is getting at here is the act of praise is about reflecting on what is about god that merits that praise and in doing that it helps us to understand that better so i think that that is an important point and lewis certainly um was very attracted to the um the, the psalms particularly towards the end of the psalter uh, where the theme of praise is very very significant and that i think is something he feels he can tr carry over into both his own christian life and also of course into his writing as well what what would that have looked like in practice for Lewis? How would he have conceived of that praise happening? Now, would it have been literally, you know, to sing hymns to God in his local parish church? Or, or was there a wider way in which Lewis sort of conceived of the reflecting of God's glory back to God through through praise? That's a very good question, because certainly um, Lewis would um, see... Um, christian worship as an opportunity to do precisely this to in effect praise god in the light of the biblical passages he'd heard read and the sermon he'd heard preached which sometimes wasn't quite as good as it ought to be but nevertheless it kind of way brought everything together but as you will know lewis was a great walker and um he would often go walking in the malvern hills with george sayers uh, or walking around oxfordshire with friends and actually the beauty of nature is another cause for um i think celebration in lewis's spiritual life the the beauty of the natural world and of course he would draw sometimes on the the lyrical engagement natural world you find in poems in poets like william wordsworth um uh, and this in effect was all part of the idea that you know you can know the creator through the creation so if you like lewis has quite a rich understanding of praise which is certainly linked to the reading of scripture linked to christian praise but also to the experience of god's beauty and presence in the natural world i know that sort of psychologists even now tell us you know that gratitude thankfulness is is an important part of you know we need to be able to thank and and there's a sense in which I, I sometimes sense this tension and i think it was i can't remember who it was now exactly who's who put it might have been woody allen or something said the the problem i i have is, as an atheist is being truly thankful but having no one to thank um and and i wonder if that sort of is part of where lewis is going with this idea of, of praise and thanksgiving in the psalms that, that, that there is it's a natural response to it's the overflow, if you like, of the joy that we experience, that we want to, to be able to say thank you to something or someone. And and that that should be that that's not sort of a 
demand imposed upon us it's it's part of human nature and in a sense we're doing something very natural when we when we praise in that sense i think that's right and gk chesterton actually makes a, a very similar point you know it's awful to feel thankful but not have anyone you can thank for it and i think lewis is picking up on this and, and uh, making some i think very helpful point that thankfulness actually um is not simply acknowledging a relationship of dependency which is a theme that comes out actually <clears throat> in surprise by joy but it is also about in effect being forced to put into words what it is you are thankful for you are you are numbering your blessings so to speak and so if you like um it's about not simply this attitude of thankfulness and praise but also consciously identifying what it is that leads to those mm. attitudes in the first place. And the more you do that, the more actually you realize there is to be thankful for, to give praise for. So I can see that that's a, a very sensible approach for, for Lewis to adopt. So any, any final thoughts uh, as a reader might go away and be tempted to pick up this book, perhaps for the first time, anything you particularly have found helpful as, as you've read it as well? Alison? Well, I think it is a very helpful book. It's very honest. It's very compassionate. And it does give us, I think, some genuine insights. I think many would say that perhaps we need to read beyond Lewis to to answer some of the questions he raises. But nevertheless, he, he does begin to point us in some very helpful directions. And again, I think one, one of the points that is so important for me is that it shows how at this late phase in his life, Lewis is now more concerned with helping other Christians rather than trying to engage with the opponents of Christianity in, in wider culture. It's almost as if he, he said, well, I've done that. And now there's some other things I want to do, which is to share insights with my fellow Christians. And that, I think, is certainly a very important theme in Reflections on the Psalms. Thank you very much for walking us through this uh, this particular work of Lewis. Um, we're nearly at the end of this mini series, looking at some of uh, Lewis's uh, major works. Um, and next time, uh, tell us what we're, we're going to be concluding this season with. Well, we're going to conclude with The Four Loves, which was published in 1960. And again, this is a book written for Christians in which Lewis is trying to share his wisdom on um, the love of God and, of course, friendship with other human beings how, how do these kind of way come together and what is the role of friendship and actually for many people this is one of lewis's most interesting books and we'll be exploring why in our final podcast thank you very much alistair and i'll see you next time i look forward to it thank you Thanks for being with us on today's edition of the podcast and it's our final in this uh, current season looking at seven of Lewis's significant Christian apologetics and devotional works. Uh, the Four Loves, published uh, in 1960, just a few years before his death, is a reflection on four types of love, affection, friendship, eros and charity. And Alistair will be examining them and that concept of agape love in particular that Lewis draws out in that uh, that classic book so look out for that at the same time next week for now you can find out more from the show support us register get our free ebook and more besides at premierunbelievable.com uh, you can also find links there of course to our unbelievable live event happening very soon saturday the 14th of may will you be with us perhaps in person at the british library or equally one of the many people coming online from all over the world to be part of what will be i think a really important day as we learn how, as a church, we can find a, an authentic voice again in a culture that often wants to suppress our voice or where we feel confused or nervous about speaking up. If you feel like that, if you ever felt like that, um, this is a great day for you. 
unbelievable.live is the link to go to. For now, thanks for being with us and see you next time. Thank you.